0: Welcome to the Kana Connection podcast. On today's podcast, our host Rob Cranston is going to be speaking with fellow Kanaer, Principal Logistics Analyst Cliff Carpenter about the Kana WMS, WMS is our warehouse management solutions. If you have any roadblocks hurdles, and other difficulties managing your warehouse, listen to this session. This is part one of an ongoing WMS podcast that we're going to have. So without further ado, let's hop on over and join the show.
1: Thank you, Mr. Kobe, my partner in crime, production engineer. I, I You know what? It's 2022. I, I can't believe that we, um, <laughs> we're um, we launching in rapid fire to 2022. Exciting times as we... Uh, as we generate momentum across both solution services inside Kena. and it is awesome to have the great cliff carpenter here as mentioned cliff is a caner principal logistics analyst and on point uh driving forward with uh a lot of the uh the cana logistics warehousing and planning that we have with uh with some of our clients and we're going to get it. I mean, this is this is going to be cool because I, you know, the discussion and flow. Talk about Cliff's background. We're going to go into some discussions on the importance of warehousing and, and, and staff, and then technology, cost savings, uh, a, a couple of examples, and uh, and then we've got an exciting time. Is the Kena Warehouse Management Solution that's going to be rolled out uh, as we go here this first quarter? Uh, but at first thing first, Cliff, again, welcome, my friend.
2: Thanks, Rob. Yeah, awesome. Awesome to be here.
1: And uh, let's go into getting a, a background on on UClip. Go ahead and just give us a, a snapshot of of your your career. All in two for sure.
2: You, um, you know, I, it, it's funny that uh, I'm not quite at five months yet with Cana, but just because of the folks that we have here, it feels like I've been here for a long time. I know when I was investigating, uh, coming to join. The company, I looked at everybody and, and many of them I had served with. So, you know, in terms of background, my, you know, my proudest uh, professional time was was serving as a United States Marine, which I got to do for 20 years. Um, had some some really uh, sort of foundational experiences there. I was a maintenance management officer in, a, in an engineer battalion whose success, that particular unit's success, is, is uh, dependent on long-term maintenance planning and the performance of the supply chain. So that was sort of my introduction to logistics, I had a really neat tour at Marine Corps Systems Command, uh, where I was a team leader for uh, the procurement team that that handled body armor uh, during uh, the 2003 to 2005 uh, time period, which obviously was uh, very uh, you know a, a really difficult period for our corps as we as we changed and watched our enemy change tactics, uh, and we had uh, a really difficult demand signal from uh, our Marines that were in Iraq and then Afghanistan. Uh, I moved on to, to probably the most challenging thing I've ever done professionally, which was three and a half years at 24th Marine Expedition Unit. Uh, I got to do two deployments as the staff logistics officer for that organization with uh, the, the first deployment, 2,000 Marines, and the second one to Afghanistan, closer to 3,000 uh, air, airplanes and, and ships, and just really difficult supply chain challenges, both uh, in, a, in a in a CENTCOM amphibious deployment, and then uh, in, in Afghanistan as the first Marines that went into Southern Helmand before there was any other conventional forces there. So uh, I finished my career in the Marines uh, commanding the, the Marine Corps Logistics Operations School. Uh, and then I transitioned uh, where I spent five years in e-commerce fulfillment, uh, both for Amazon and for Chewy as an operations and senior operations manager. And I, I got to do almost every uh, leadership position uh, within the warehouse, inbound, outbound, inventory control, quality assurance. I uh, had some time as the learning manager in a, in a unique role called the process engineer, where, uh, you know, we used, we used data metrics to increase performance, uh, of all the departments in the warehouse. And so I finished here, uh, with Chewy and then, and then joined, uh, Canada last September.
1: Awesome. Well, I, you know, it's, it, what's, um, what's really fascinating about this incredible career you've, you've had is the, the integration of, not just people in the right places but people that are in the hot areas uh that are managing large volumes of of information and large volumes of stuff and as that moves across the supply chain m- importantly is making sure that you know that and, I, and and quite frankly at at McLog when you were there being able to to have training that was implied that is going to be used and exercised out in the fleet and on the commercial side, there's that continued evolution of training. So let me ask you that first question. Talk how you see the evolution of that training and really the importance of the warehouse management staff.
2: Yeah. So the, the number of different talents that go into seeing a, a warehouse succeed is uh, is amazing to me. And I think that the transition from the military into the civilian side was, was really, really enlightening because... In, in, a, you know, in, a, in a federal warehousing situation or a state warehousing situation, uh, that group exists to serve, you know, to make sure that they're able to perform their mission. And while cost is an element of that, it's not the overriding cost. Transition into a a, you know, a small business owner or a medium-sized warehouse or even an Amazon or Chewy, and ultimately, uh, that job is to create profit. And those are, those are very different uh, things that, that ride on similar efficiencies. So what is uh, the, the visibility of whatever you're warehousing? Um, what is the safety of the environment that people are working in, whether that's Marines uh, aboard ship, which is a very hazardous environment, uh, or, you know, a thousand... Uh, a thousand teammates in a chewy warehouse that are handling very heavy products, uh, over conveyance and machinery. So, uh, you know, the, the four components, uh, beginning with safety are what sort of, what sort of warehouse do we set up, uh, so that everybody at the end of the day goes home a, a, as good or better than they showed up. The second from a, from a quality perspective is does the customer get what they thought they were getting what is the experience of the customer uh and whether you know whether you're uh whether you're a customer of a state warehouse uh, that needs something for firefighting or for us uh, you know you run something that needs supplies for COVID 19 or you're uh, a military person that that uh, in order for you to continue your mission you need a particular thing well, what is the experience they had with the with the supporting entity that provides that and you know all. The, the the iceberg is the customer getting what, what they asked for. That's the tip. Underneath that is all the planning and all of the organization that went into to having a smooth path uh, to that experience. Uh, the third aspect obviously is the people. Are are we uh, are we leaders of teams that are able to take all these different talents and bring them together and again enhance the customer experience to meet the mission for a military or, or state entity or To turn profit for a commercial entity or are we stovepiped so that uh, we have a very disjointed effort that leads to frustration because, uh, you know, we're we're looking at each element of the warehouse in its own uh, in, in its own light. Uh, when in fact we're not going to be successful unless those, those things work together. And so finally, uh, the, the fourth element is cost. Are we efficient in what we're doing? And are, are we set up to, uh, you know, move the maximum amount of stuff or move the right stuff or, uh, you know, or, organize in such a way that with the least number of hours, we can ship the highest number of products if that's the, the goal of our, of our warehouse. That was timely.
1: That was great, Gosh, guys. I mean, I, in those four areas, I mean, when you bundle that and you wrap technology around that cliff, I mean, so what we see and continue to see is this rapid, especially in the areas that we're focused on, right? So emergency preparedness, emergency response, um, specifically at the state level, and then over here on the commercial side, small uh, middle market. Um, how do you see, again, this total ownership costs of technology wrapped around those four points you made as emerging advantages but making sure you're not getting over overloaded or the staff overloaded. Let's talk us through a little bit of that.
2: Yeah, uh, here's a good example. So as a marine in in procurement, uh, particularly for individual equipment, oftentimes we just did that math, right? We need a we need a thing, and we're, we're going to look at the available options to fulfill whatever that thing is, and then we're going to multiply it by something on the order of two hundred thousand, the number of marines that we have. And so looking at each problem set and each requirement, uh, and and using technology. To not do that math, like what do we actually need uh, as opposed to if we're buying one, we need one for everybody. And so the commercial market looks at customer needs in the same way. and so by uh, you know as a, as a military officer, asking what are the, what is the likelihood that uh, that 200,000 Marines will need this thing and versus the likelihood that only 10,000 will need this particular item and then not spending the money. For two hundred thousand, where we only need ten. If we apply that same logic to the commercial market and use data to see uh, what what customer requirements are, then we avoid the very very expensive investment in warehousing product that will never move. So that that's the key aspect is is taking data analytics and saying what you know what are our highest velocity movers. Um, if I'm if I'm trying to make money, uh, how how am I able to not only Warehouse the right amount of that, but also position it in such a way that we can service the client base uh, with the least amount of transportation costs from the warehouse to the end user. So, uh, you know, we have seen in the last 10 years in particular lots of different uh, warehousing concepts follow sort of the Amazon model of allowing the data to shape the decisions that they make. So, I think that's where we really get that technology wrap on moving from, hey, we're going to have. One of everything for everybody. To we're going to have potentially ten of that one thing for a much smaller group, or uh, you know, we just don't. You know, the data doesn't support uh, a procurement for uh, such a wide group. We, we don't need that. Yeah. And so we allow the data to shape uh, the investment of a small business owner, a medium-sized warehouse, the military, or a state entity to, to say how much investment do we make in a building to hold stuff in. Uh, because it's a very expensive proposition.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's so well said. And I, in the, in the case of, and and a lot of our folks out there in the audience, they, you know, they're looking at data as a return on investment inside their logistics stack of solutions. Right. And they're like saying, well, yeah, really, how do I, how do I really create that, that platform for those that are going to be operating inside it? And those are leading. those who are, are really going to be uh, concentrated on making sure that there's employment of those, um, whether it's a th- their system or whether it's the attributes of just managing the warehouse itself, Cliff. Right, and and I think so. One of the things that for our audience, you explain to them when you go into a warehouse, at, what are the what, what's like that 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 basic baselining piece that you look at, the initial, it hits you in the face. Okay. Kind of walk us through that.
2: I, I think the the coolest way to describe that is uh, the virtual life of a thing. And so, it, as we decide whether or not a warehouse is going to be an, a, an efficient creature that that accomplishes what it needs to, we say, okay, what does the what does the life cycle of a unit of product look like from the moment it arrives at the warehouse until it ships out? Um, and if we think a, a traditional a uh, commercial warehouse where, <clears throat> you know, it's the end of its life is going to be that customer experience—the very tip of the iceberg that we referred to earlier. How did it get there? Uh, you know, it, it came in a in a pure truck uh, from you know from a, a a manufacturer that makes one thing, and you get a full truckload, or it came as a it came as a a, a mom and pop item on a FedEx truck with. 10,000 other mom and pop items that came into the warehouse. And then it was received somewhere on a loading dock by a human. And we began to account for that in the warehouse. And its virtual life, meaning I can look it up on a computer somewhere, is identical to its physical life. It came off the truck and it sat in a place. And from that place, it went out into the warehouse and then it went up on a shelf somewhere and it sat there. And that whole time we were able to see Things about it. How long did it stay on the loading dock before it became a pickable item that was available to customers on a customer-facing website where they could buy it? And while it sat in the, while it sat on some shelf in the warehouse, what did it sit with? If it was a food product, did it sit next to uh, something that you wouldn't want your food anywhere near? And did we have the right? You know, did we take the right steps in planning that warehouse to make sure that we that we preserve that product's integrity? Uh, while it sat, because sometimes things sit for a long time. Um, and then w- when we picked it, where did we pick? W- how, how did it? How did it get picked? Um, w- was it? Was it properly protected? Because whoever was selling that product, that's that represents their profit, right? And so did we have a glass bowl that was sitting next to a bunch of other glass stuff and getting banged around until it was finally picked? And so then that tip of the iceberg is, is poor, right? The customer finally got the glass dish that's traveled. Thousands of miles and it's broken at the end. It's just gonna get returned. So what decisions did we make about the product in the warehouse that preserved it for the for the ultimate customer? And then it and then it came out of that shelf in the warehouse somewhere and went went to a, a packer. And did the did the packer have the right tools to know that what they were packing was exactly what the customer ordered? And did they have the right materials to put it in the box? And did it have the right size box? Or did the customer get a gigantic box with a tiny item in it, which makes for a weird customer experience? And then, what what did we set up to uh, transport that item from the warehouse to the customer? Uh, and what you know, what uh, visibility do we have of it while it's while it's in transit? Do I know? Do all of us love that Amazon experience that we, we can look and see exactly where the thing is? That the driver's on his way. Uh, we've come to expect that as a customer. So for new warehouses what level of expectation should their customers have in terms of receiving a product? So to me, to answer your question, Rob, like, is, is this warehouse in a spot where it wants to be or does it need additional tools is all about being able to map the physical life of an item uh, and have it match the virtual life of that item.
1: It's a living and breathing creature. And I love that. And it's so, I mean, that is, thanks for that. That was a great layout and explanation across the board and, um, truly, that I, it, it, being that that living ecosystem is different in each of those warehouses, in, in variety of different types of warehouses. As you, as we talked through here, um, we and so let's take that over to that that customer experience um, question for you, and really just again walk us through the chance we've had to to provide support automation to a statewide emergency response operation warehouse. Um, specifically in receipt, storage, procurement, shipping, distribution process. Uh, but talk us through that client engagement and um, some of the lessons learned.
2: Yeah, for sure. So, I you know, one of the coolest things that Kana brings is such a wide array of experience sets. And it, it allows us, I think, the... the the lessons learned of on our first uh, warehouse solution engagement is we may think we understand what the client needs, but until we go into their building and understand what specific challenges they're facing, they could be anywhere any of those four things that we discussed earlier Rob so for it could be safety, it could be uh, a quality question, they could have inefficiencies that that are costing them either time or money, or they could have uh, they could have human capital challenges that they're not able to find. Uh, the right people with the right skill sets to support the warehouse. So I, I think that, you know, w- one of the coolest things about Kana is you have this um, ability to delve into each of those four uh, sets and decide from a client's needs, what part of Kena warehouse solutions is going to be important to them. Um, maybe it's all four and maybe it's not. Uh, maybe you have a, a, a great warehouse that is running efficiently, but, They've had a number of injuries uh, over, over a, a short period of time. And so that client's demand is to take data that they've already collected because OSHA requires it and take a look and, and say, hey, we, we know from the data where we have an opportunity to make an investment that's going to create a safer space for this team to work in and therefore reduce uh, you know injuries uh, that, that are unnecessary. We, we don't need to have any. Uh, we can we can put active measures in place uh, to improve that, and the data will tell the story of, of where to spend that money. It could be purely uh, client experience. It could be that we have a uh, we have a potential client who sells one type of product that has very small variance uh, between what they're actually shipping, and so they're having a number of customer experiences where the customer is getting a blue one and they ordered a black one, and so we need to put particular. Quality measures in place, but otherwise there's nothing wrong in that warehouse um, Probably the most common uh, problem that we'll face is uh, a client who says warehousing is is like we're not trying to make money by warehousing like amazon or chewy that's not our that's not our business we We have a great product, but we're losing money in warehousing, and we need to get organized in a way that uh, you know creates a really smooth Operation, and so uh, we're able to to bring diverse sets of talent in and say, uh, "Hey, we're trying to operate a, a 500 SKU warehouse with an Excel spreadsheet, and you can do it. It's just really painful." And we have, you know, we have a really great solution stack uh, at, at a at a really reasonable price that lets you forget this problem because as soon as we employ it, uh that problem goes away. And finally on, on the people front, uh it, it may be that Kana needs to needs to uh make an assessment in conjunction with a client and say, hey look, you're looking for this type of person. If you have this skill set uh employed in your warehouse, then this problem for you goes away. This uh you know this inbound loading doc is, is really, really challenging. It sounds easy, but there's nothing harder in a warehouse than um, predictive analysis of when things are going to arrive. So you're looking for this resume. And once you hire this type of operations manager to run your inbound department, then you're no longer going to just want, you know, your client, your your customers are wondering when they're going to get their stuff because you're wondering when you're going to get your stuff. Uh, but this type of person knows how to look at this data and give you a better idea of, of how your warehouse is going to function on the inbound
1: side. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's, and then that collective partnership of working hand-in-hand on the warehouse floor, then creates those 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 discussion points and even decision making points throughout the process of working with the client. That then you know, they can be tweaked and 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 maneuvered into a way that has again that total cost of ownership for the warehouse return on investment that creates just that yes. that 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 investment cycle becomes uh, important. Knowing that the optimized. Plan for the warehouse uh, is is actually in place, and and those modifications aren't necessarily right, Cliff. I, I, they're not advanced where you're you're overburdening that staff. So, in other words, as a new, modernized, going from Excel spreadsheet to a next level of automation, they still have their day job, right? So, you know, in that formation, being conscientious that, man, there's that training component and getting to the next level of automation. So I, I think that that's, uh, yeah, that, that's really, really cool. And really, it, it, it's incredibly, I, I'm finding that this continued as Kane has been involved in logistics operations, warehousing, distribution, transportation, modeling, simulation. You find that there's still within the small to middle market type company there. They're still using the Excel spreadsheet. It's the comfort. It's the known. Is that something, Cliff, that you have, You see, can as well, and then on top of that, what is kind of their next step of what they think is automation from a client? Yeah, great
2: question. So, two things I want to talk about there is uh, relating it back to the the virtual life of a thing, Um, and and the the second is uh, the ease of Excel um, and the the visibility of everything as compared to a data repository. So, let's let's first talk about um, like as I know you have Rob. I've talked to a number of different clients, potential clients. And they were frustrated because they had spent money on a software solution, but they didn't they didn't get a solution out of it. <laughs> and the reason for that is uh, Kana's software solution isn't going to be a solution if the warehouse isn't prepared right. uh, w- with a virtual map. So, you know, one of the things that we do in initial engagement is go, okay, h- how do you want to lay your warehouse out for optimum operational physical success? Like we want the stuff that we're going to touch the most to be closest to, uh, you know, where we package things. We want things that that we rarely touch to take the space that's that's least that's least used. And that that may all sound commonsensical, but that's not what you find generally in a warehouse. You find uh, people don't have enough time uh, to do all that needs to be done, and so they do what's most important, which is chase. The time between when their customer asked for something and when they received it, and so it takes a, a substantial investment obviously, to lay a warehouse out uh, in a way that a software system can help. So I think that's part A. Part B in in terms of uh, Excel spreadsheets is you you uh, engage with a, a client or potential client that has lots of different things that they keep track of. Which, if they if they started with one spreadsheet in a very small number of products, and then they, they added another spreadsheet, another one, another one, another one. So now they have they have a small number of people keeping up with a, a really wide array of lists of things. And so one of the you know one of the most powerful parts of the Cana Warehouse Solutions is a data repository, so that we're only entering the data once, but then we're able to reach in and pull it out. And turn it around and twist it in different ways that allow us to understand what's going on inside our business, so that first transition for a smaller medium-sized warehouse is away from you know what we can call we can call Excel uh, warehousing manual it is you're you're literally punching numbers into cells on a spreadsheet so we're going to move we're going to move away from that into some sort of interface that allows us to enter the data one time uh, and which gives us It then sits in a repository that allows us to pull it out in the ways that we need it, whether we're measuring uh, time between touches, for example, we're measuring time uh, from order to customer receipt. It's the same data. It's just turned around and twisted a different way. And we have lots of tools that that let us do that.
1: Yeah. Gosh, that's well said. And I I know that our audience out there, a lot of folks are, are in that category of trying to to, to think through what does, what does that modernized footprint look like in my warehouse? And I asked you all out there, please reach out to Cliff Carpenter, ccarpenter at cana llc.com. We are excited. We want to talk a little bit uh, in this last uh, segment about the Cana warehouse management solution. So Cliff, give us an overview of what uh, a buyer would get if they bought our solution?
2: Yeah, that's, uh, I, well, I think, again, Rob, the the first step is having a buyer not buy anything they don't need. Because obviously, Kena's warehouse solution is not unique. I mean, you can Google warehouse management systems and you can spend the rest of the day looking at them. So, uh, <laughs> you know, one is the initial contact with a potential client and uh, followed by uh, an on-site visit to understand uh, a client's needs, because there there are clients that have extremely focused needs, like the the safety example that we talked about earlier. Uh, there are clients that uh, potentially have very wide needs that aren't very deep, and I'll give an example of that. Uh, a small business owner has to do it all. They have to like a, a five man operation may have to do sales, may have to do uh, inbound shipments, potentially production. And uh then uh client interface and shipping, like they have all of it. And so that's a very different client, obviously, than than somebody that needs a deep analysis, which uh which is something that, that's offered within Kana Warehouse Solutions as well as hey, look, our warehouse runs great. We need uh the big brain end of Kana on uh the analytics side to figure out how we can do this one thing. Two percent better because we do it ten thousand times a day, and if we can if we can have a tiny gain, uh, then that's a huge that's a huge win for us. So, I think that the front end is uh, the assessment, and so there's there's obviously uh, a number of building blocks within Cana Warehouse Solutions. Uh, the first is the financial interface uh, between where customers are purchasing something and how how that relates to the the system that manages the items that sit on a shelf in a warehouse, such that. When a customer orders something and we pick it for them and ship it, then the, the inventory is decremented in the warehouse. So those two things have to talk to each other, the, the front-end financial customer-facing uh, interface and the warehouse solution itself. Um, in, in terms of just warehouse management, this, this is a Cana homegrown solution designed by uh, our development director and uh, a very talented group of, of software engineers. That, that allows us to go okay everybody just give us give us your excel spreadsheets and we will translate where you are now into this much smoother repository and interface that's one of the things that that kana has success with which is we understand the burden of time and it's you know it's a very anxious situation where you're like I, I've been doing this manual management for the entire life of my business. And now you're telling me I can do this, this new thing. How's that going to get done? And it's, it it seems like a, a, you know, and it is, it's a lot of work, but it's something that we, we have done and are good at to go, okay, look, we're going to take your current data and we're going to then arrange it in this way. We're going to show you what that looks like. And on the backside of this first step, you can delete the spreadsheets. You'll, you'll then have access to to all that you've ever had and all that you have currently in your current operation. And we're going to begin to use the the Kana Warehouse Management System um, to, to manage our inventory, to, to manage our inbound receipts, uh, our put-away, our pick, our pack, and our ship. And, and so uh, how does it work? Well, Um, But most warehouse systems work in the same fundamental way. But you're going to have, you know, you're going to have virtual transactions that mirror your physical activity that's going on on the floor. Truck pulls up and stuff comes off. Well, then it's going to begin its virtual life, and we're going to add that to the system, and we're going to move that, and we're going to see it in transit until we put it away on a shelf. Just as we talked about earlier, it's going to live there on the shelf. And many things that are that are bought and sold have shelf lives our warehouse management system is going to help you manage that. So you're picking uh, inventory that would expire first. So you don't have things that, that die on the shelf, as we say. And uh, then we're going to watch that come off the shelf, uh, go to a a pack station, go into a box and then leave, uh, leave the warehouse and go to uh, go to a customer by whatever transportation method makes the most sense for that client. Could be, you know, could be DHL, FedEx, uh, uh, or any of the uh, the commercial carriers, or it may be that the last tactical mile is something that you know that particular client does themselves because it makes sense for them
1: to do that. Outstanding, folks. That's Cliff Carpenter, a pro. Thank you all for for joining us, Cliff, special guest. I, I I can't wait for our next discussion. Thank you, good sir.
2: Yeah, I uh, really appreciate being here and excited to uh, meet with our clients and and roll some of these solutions out, Rob.
0: Outstanding. We hope you enjoyed today's Kana Connection podcast. A big thanks goes out to Cliff Carpenter for joining us and talking with Rob and I about the warehouse management solutions at Kana. If you are interested in any of those solutions and services, head on over to our website at KenaLLC.com. There you will find additional podcasts, blogs, and a community forum where you can talk about warehouse management solutions. You can also find this podcast on our YouTube channel, link in the description. That's all for now. This is Coa Beam signing off for Rob Cranston and the rest of the Kana Connection podcast crew, reminding you to analyze, assess, and execute. And we'll see you next time.